We're waiting here for you, Holy Spirit, with our hands lifted high. Lord, because we know that the words of your spirit are spirit in their life. They're full of power and authority. God, you watch over them to bring them to pass. Your words are not like our words. So I want to pray, Lord, that tonight that you will speak, that after all the words that have been spoken by us, God, that your words will ring true. May your spirit burn in our hearts. May your spirit open our eyes and our ears, that we may see you, that we may know you. God, that we may know you speaking to us personally, individually, and that our lives may be changed as a result. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. It was year 2000, and I was presented with an opportunity. There was a church, and it had died. There was only a handful of people left. It was in a very violent area of my city, the red light district. It was in financial debt. All of the equipment was ruined. And I was asked if I would like the opportunity to go in and start a new church. All of my friends said, don't go near it. But guess what? I did. I went in there and began to pioneer a new church. Now, why would I do that? Why would I do something so crazy? Well, the reason is, is that God spoke to me, which begs the question, how did I know that God spoke to me? How could I know to do something so lacking in common sense, so crazy where I didn't have the resources? How do you know it's God? Well, I want to take you to another God conversation, another conversation about the church. It took place about two millennia ago, just after the time of Jesus. And this man was asking the same question that I was asking. How do you know it's God? And we're going to look at a God conversation with the Apostle Peter. And we're going to see how God is able to make his voice clear for Peter but also for us today. The truth is that God is a personal God, a relational God, a God who speaks back. He wants to talk to each one of us and he wants to make it clear. So how do we know it's God? Can you imagine the Apostle Peter? He was a young guy, an MIT just out of training. He'd been with Jesus for three years and Jesus had given him the great commission to go into all the world. He'd also said, Peter, you're a rock and on you I'm going to build my church. But the problem is Peter had never seen a church before. How are you supposed to build the church? I've never done this before. And one day Peter is on the rooftop of his friend's house in Joppa. The story is told in Acts chapter 10. He decides to pray, just like we've been doing, that you've been doing as you gather in the upper room. He decided to pray. It's just before lunch. 
and guess what? He falls into a trance, falls into a bit of a part sleep, and he starts to see a vision. A big cloth comes down from heaven. Remember, it's nearly lunchtime, and maybe Peter was thinking, hmm, what's for lunch? He's starting to feel hungry and he's thinking about what might be on the cloth. Some really good food to eat, perhaps some steak or some Yorkshire pudding. (laughs) What's for lunch? But then the cloth opens up. And what does he see? Oh, unclean food. Four-footed animals. These are non-kosher food. I can't eat these. Hang on. Get up, kill, and eat. What's that? A voice from heaven. I can't eat, I can't eat that. It's, it's against the Jewish law. The cloth goes back up again. Second time, the cloth comes down. Oh, Peter's stomach is starting to rumble. What's for lunch? I hope it's some really nice food. The cloth opens up and what does he see? Oh, disgusting, unclean food. The law of Moses says I can't eat that. Get up, kill and eat. Huh? Cloth goes back up again. Three times the cloth comes down. Oh, I'm hungry. What's for lunch? Oh, no. Unclean food. Get up, kill, and eat. Peter comes too. What was that all about? I can't eat unclean food. I'm a Jew. All my life I've been trained to separate certain foods from others. It's a sign of my relationship with God. But that voice, it seemed to come from heaven. Was it God? Peter is wandering around the house thinking, what is this all about? How did Peter know this vision was from God? Maybe you've read this vision before and you'll know that this particular God conversation shaped the church for many years to come. But how did Peter know it was God? Well, remember when Peter walked the earth with Jesus and Jesus came to show us what God was like. And do you remember just before he left, Jesus said these words to Peter and the disciples. He said, I've got to leave. Can you imagine how that would have felt? Because for three years, Peter had walked and talked with Jesus. And Jesus was described as the living word of God in the flesh, the one who spoke the words of God, but not just spoke them, but lived them. It would have been easy for Peter to hear God's voice back then, wouldn't it? He could have talked to Jesus as he was walking the streets of Jerusalem. He could have asked him questions over a meal of bread and olives in the dining halls. He could have listened to Jesus preach on the temple steps. It was easy to hear God's voice when Jesus was on earth. Well, you can only imagine Peter's horror 
when Jesus said, I've got to leave. What? Jesus? You, you can't leave. How are we going to know what to do? How are we going to know how to build this church that you've said? How are we going to get our questions answered? And then Jesus says these words, it will be better if I go, because then I will send you my spirit. And my spirit's going to remind you of everything that I have taught. My spirit's going to remind you of the way of salvation. My spirit's going to remind you what the kingdom is like. My spirit's going to remind you of these truths, everything that is now recorded for us as scripture. My spirit's going to remind you of those things. But you're going to have many more questions. There's many more things I want to tell you, but you can't handle it all right now. But don't worry, because I'm going to send you my spirit. And my spirit's going to speak to you about things to come. And of course, you know what happened, don't you? Jesus died on a cross. He was resurrected and he ascended to heaven. He left just as he said. And then we get this monumental day, the Feast of Pentecost that the Jews celebrated every year. And the disciples, including Peter, were assembled in the upper room, waiting there. And the moment that everyone had been seeking finally came. The Holy Spirit fell. And there were amazing things that happened that day, all sorts of phenomena. People spoke in spiritual languages. But I want you to notice the thing that Peter highlights when he stands in the middle of the crowd and he says these words in Acts chapter 2. He says, this is what was promised, that just as the prophets had said, the prophet Joel had said, that my spirit will be poured out on all people. Your young men will have visions and your old men will have dreams and your sons and daughters will prophesy. What does that mean? You know, I used to sit in church and I used to try and work it out. And I thought, well, sometimes, you know, there's old men in church and um, sometimes, you know, they sit up the back row and the preacher goes on and on and on for a long time, right? Not in this church. And the old men, they fall asleep and they have a dream. Is that it? And the young men, because, you know, they're so full of zeal and life, they're up the front row and they have vision and they're writing down their 10-year plan. <laughs> Is that what Peter meant? No. What Peter was saying was that in the old covenant, the main people that could hear God's voice were the prophets. They were specially chosen appointed mouthpieces. They would hear from God largely in dreams and visions, kind of a picture language, very creative. Have you heard that, that phrase, a picture tells a thousand words? In dreams and visions, they would hear from God quite often and then they would prophesy. They would pass the messages on to the people. So what was Peter saying? Now that the Spirit has come, who can have dreams and visions and prophesy? Sons, 
daughters, young, old, male and female, everyone can hear God's voice in the same way as the old covenant prophets. Everyone can hear the Spirit speak back. Everyone can pray and hear what God is saying. You see, we come to pray, but prayer is a partnership with Almighty God, and God wants to speak back and partner with us and to speak to us about what God wants to do in and through our lives, that we can pray according to His will. Why am I telling you all this background to Peter's vision on the rooftop? Well, you know, as I imagine, Peter was wandering around his house and he was thinking about this strange vision about unclean food. He remembered what Jesus had said. He remembered that the Spirit would come and speak in visions and dreams and remind him of the truths of Jesus and then speak about things to come. Take those truths and apply them to his situation. And as he's sitting there and he's praying about the church and he's thinking about, God, what do you want to do in my generation? What do you want to do in Joppa and Judea and Jerusalem and Samaria and beyond? He's asking, he's listening, he's praying, he's seeking God. God, what are you saying? And God begins to speak to him. But how does he know it's God? I want to give you three questions that apply to Peter's story. And the first one you may have already guessed. Would Jesus say this? See, Jesus was described as the perfect image of the invisible God. And he gave us his spirit to continue what he started. So that means everything Holy Spirit says to us today is going to sound like Jesus. It's going to be consistent with everything he said. But not only everything he said, but everything he did. He was the living word of God in the flesh. So God was speaking, for example, when Jesus gathered the little children on his lap. God was speaking when Jesus touched the leper that nobody would touch. God was speaking when Jesus embraced the adulteress that everyone condemned. God was speaking when he stretched out his arms and died. The Spirit speaks in the continuing voice of Jesus. Would Jesus say this? For Peter, that looked like, would Jesus talk about unclean food? What's going on there? (laughs) What's happening there? Well, pretty quickly, Peter realized that this vision from the Holy Spirit wasn't about his diet. There'd been laws for the Jews for many centuries. And not only were they not allowed to eat unclean food, but they weren't allowed to associate with unclean people. Who were the unclean people? The people who weren't Jews. They were called the Gentiles, that's right. And Peter thought that the church was just going to be the Jews. But God was saying, no, this good news is for everyone. Would Jesus say that? Hmm. Peter perhaps thought back to the three years he spent with Jesus. Jesus spent most of his time with Jews, but occasionally he came across Gentiles. Can you remember? Do you remember the time when Jesus healed the Roman centurion's daughter? Yeah? Do you remember the time when Jesus cast out a demon 
of a Gadarean man. Do you remember the time he spoke about Samaritans to be loved? Do you remember the time when Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation, tribe, and tongue? Would Jesus say that the gospel is for the Gentiles too? Yeah. Peter began to see that it was consistent with the perfect image of God in Jesus. How do we know something's from God? Well, it's going to sound like Jesus. When the Spirit speaks to us, it's going to continue his ministry and mission. It's going to remind us of what has been already established in his incarnation. When we come and we hear the preaching of Scripture and we hear the Gospel and we read the Bible, the Spirit reminds us of what Jesus said. But not only that, Jesus is going to speak to us about our things to come, our families, our communities, our cities, our church. And it's going to sound like Jesus. It's going to be consistent with everything Jesus said and everything that Jesus did. Would Jesus say this? That's our first question. The second one is this. Is someone else saying this? Is someone else saying this? See, Peter's wandering around his house and he's going, what was all that about? You know, it was lunchtime. I was getting hungry and I dreamt of food. (laughs) Was that from God? And as he's thinking about this, he hears someone calling his name and he goes out to the front of the house and what does he see? Ooh, Romans, Gentiles. And his stomach would have turned in the same way as the reaction he had when he saw the unclean food. These were people that had been sent from another man's house called Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile. He lived a day's walk away in a city called Caesarea. And think about this. At the moment that Peter is having his vision on the rooftop in Joppa, another man, Cornelius, a day away, is having a vision of an angel speaking to him. And it's like God brings them together and they have a conversation. And Peter says, well, well, what did you hear? And Cornelius says, well, what did you see? And they talk about it and they realise that God is speaking to both of them. See, the beauty of this new covenant, of the Spirit poured out on everyone, means that God can speak twice. God provides a witness in other people. God provides brothers and sisters who can hear from God the same message that we're receiving. Has that ever happened to you? You know? Through the week you're praying or you're reading scripture or you're just thinking and God speaks to you and then you go to church on Sunday and Pastor Mark's preaching the same sermon. Have you ever had that happen? Or perhaps someone's rung you during the week and said, I've just got this on my heart for you. And it's the scripture verse that's been going round and round your head all week. (laughs) See, God provides a witness because the truth is we can get it wrong. We don't see clearly, do we? The Apostle Paul says it's like a, a fuzzy mirror. We see in part, we, we, we get it wrong. We see what we want to see. We hear what we want to hear. Our mindsets, our 
ideas, our desires get in the way of hearing from God. But because the Spirit has been given to more than one person, God can help us by providing a witness. I began this message at the very beginning talking about this disaster little church that I was called to to replant. How did I know it was God? Would Jesus say, go out and lead a church? I, I guess he would. But would Jesus say, walk into a difficult situation that felt like it was without wisdom? More was needed. I was sitting in a prayer meeting the year before. In fact, just a small prayer meeting, people were praying. And as I'm sitting there, three words form into my mind, just completely come out of nowhere. My my first thought is, I think it's God, mainly because I had no idea what it meant. (laughs) The three words were, till the soil. What is that? Sounds like something to do with farming. Do I look like a farmer girl? My God, what is tilling? What sort of soil should I be tilling? And I'm flicking through my Bible, trying to work it out, and nothing was coming. I'm thinking, oh, that must have been my imagination. Was, Was that the Holy Spirit? No, I don't think so. At the end of the prayer meeting, we're having some tea and coffee, and a friend of mine came over. And he said, he said, Tanya, something interesting happened in the middle of the prayer meeting. He said, I saw a vision, a picture of you, and you were standing on the edge of a new field that hadn't been tilled yet. <laughs> what does that mean? And because my friend knew more about farming than I did, he explained that tilling is something you do to prepare the soil for planting. It was a new field, he said. You may have to leave. The next day I met with my pastor and we, be, we talked about it and we realised that God was saying to me I needed to prepare to plant a new church. So I began to do that. And a year passed. And one morning I had a dream. And the Holy Spirit said, today's the day. This is it. It's the moment you've been waiting for. My God, that's awesome. I woke up, I got dressed, I went to the church office where I was volunteering that day and I went to my pigeonhole. Is there anything in there? Nope. I opened up my computer and I looked in my inbox. Is there anything in there? Nope. Soon afterwards, my pastor came up to me. She said, Tanya, I have a new opportunity for you. There's a church that has died and I want you to consider taking it on. (laughs) See, the beauty of the new covenant is that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, but the Holy Spirit was also speaking to somebody else. So we're listening to what God's saying, but we understand that there's safety in the community of God's people. You know, it's a bit like in a law court. You call up the witness and you say, well, well, what did you see? Well, there was an accident. There was a red car and a blue car. And the red car sped through the stoplight. 
and the blue car was taken out and the red car was at fault. Thank you. Sit down. Were there any more witnesses? What did you see? Well, I saw that there was a blue car and a red car and the red car sped through the stoplight and they were at fault. Thank you. Sit down. God provides a witness by the Spirit in community. Is anyone else saying this? Peter began to get a growing conviction that this was God. And later on, as the church leaders gathered and they talked about it, they said these words, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. God wants to make his messages clear. Do you know why? Because he wants you to follow. He wants you to do what God said. The third question, are spiritual signs following this? The truth is that when God speaks, his words are full of power, full of authority, full of the ability to fulfill themselves. They're not like our words. When we talk, we just waffle, don't we? We make stuff up. We exaggerate. Our words don't always mean much. But when God speaks, things happen. Miracles happen. Do you remember? How did God create the world? And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God sent his word forth and healed them. God's words are carriers of his purpose and plan. So when God speaks, spiritual signs are going to follow. And Peter picks up this God conversation. He goes to Cornelius' house over in Caesarea and he realises that God is speaking. So he begins, begins to do what God said. He realises that this gospel is not just for a small group of Jews. It's for everyone and he begins to preach the good news. And what happens? The spirit falls on the Gentiles in the same way as on the Jews. God begins to display his miraculous power. You see, when God speaks, evidence, signs of God's presence will follow. There's going to be signs of love. There's going to be joy in the place of sadness. There's going to be healing in the place of disease. There's going to be power in the place of weakness. God's words performing God's will in our lives. There's going to be tangible evidence. People are going to get saved. People are going to get turned around. People are going to be healed. Spiritual signs are going to follow the word of the Lord. I remember hearing God's voice about this little church. It looked hopeless, and I didn't feel good about it. I was young and inexperienced, and I didn't know what I was doing, but God had spoken, and I knew that God's words were powerful, and that as I walked out in faith, that God, God's ways were going to follow. And guess what? It's what happened. It looked hopeless, but God began to provide Resources started to come in. God began to speak to people. Lives began to be changed. And we built a great church. See, when God speaks, he calls us to follow. 
And as we do, we're going to see tangible signs of his presence. You know, it's not easy sometimes to do what God says. Anyone can vouch for that? Yeah. It's not easy to obey in faith. But when we do, God's works can be displayed. You know, after Peter had heard the Spirit speak about the church, he did it for a while and then he struggled with it because it was hard. Some of his friends, some of the Jews didn't understand and he began to pull back and stop mixing with the Gentiles. It was hard because, you know, he'd grown up not going anywhere near them and now he had to embrace them as family. And Paul had to rebuke him. (laughs) But if Peter hadn't followed the word of the Lord, Christianity as we know it wouldn't be the largest faith on the planet. You see, when God speaks, he calls us to obedience. And when we think about this question, how do I know that it's God? We have a testing process. Would Jesus say this? Is someone else saying this? Are spiritual signs following this? But the easiest way to hear God speak clearly, let me tell you what it is. The easiest way is to give God the agenda to say, God, speak to me, make it clear, and I will do what you say. Because it's us that gets in the way. God's voice is pure. God's voice is clear. It's us that make it fuzzy. It's our desires, our, our, our orientation towards the self, our agendas. God, speak to me, and if you do, can you say this? God is saying, Will you follow me no matter where I lead you? Will you listen to what I say? Will you hand the agenda over to me? Because if you do, I can make it clear. You can have a two-way conversation with the creator of the universe. 